This is the Time to Refresh podcast with Brad Refresh, the podcast about life, music, traveling, shit, literal shit that is, and weird and wacky stories with Brad and a range of guests from the planet Earth. Feel free to share the pod with your pals, your mom, your neighbor's dog, or even your shrink. It's all fun. You can follow our Facebook group called It's Time to Refresh Community or It's Time to Refresh on Instagram. Write into the pod, ask questions, and share your stories. Enjoy the pod! Hey kid, what time is that? It's time to refresh! Uh, back once again with another podcast. This is uh, episode forty-four of the podcast. Uh, honestly, it's been absolute flying at the minute. Uh, so, I just want to say thanks to everyone who's watching it and sharing it before we start things today. Um, today we've got Woodsy. Uh, how we doing, mate? Good. Yourself? Class, mate. Sorry. Class. Bring the no mic up. <laughs> no, it's it's no worries. Don't worry about it. Uh, Woodsy, for those who don't know, is Liverpool-based DJ. You've you've got fucking yeah, um, a wide range in, of tasty music, haven't you? Yeah, I, I just like electronic music, mm. um, all sorts. Um, I'm not saying I'm a, I was a big part in the Liverpool club scene whatsoever. Yeah. I had good friends who were a big part, and I was sort of a mascot for them, <laughs> if you get me. Um, yeah. I used to carry the records around. Uh, that's what you used to play music off for, <laughs> for you kids, uh, MPT generation. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd never say I was anything big time in Liverpool what, whatsoever. I just was always appreciated to be involved in the scene in Liverpool. That's all I ever wanted to do. You know, you've always been there, though. Eh? Like you've like you seem from what I what I've seen over the over the years. Anyways, you've always been like sort of. You become sort of part of the paintwork with, with, with regards to the Scouse House stuff in Liverpool, I'd say. Yeah, I, I suppose so. And um, my only wish was I was five, six years older, so I could have experienced sort of when it was in the peak. Yeah. I, I, I got involved because of my age a bit, a bit late. Um, sort of caught the arse end of it. Um, I would have loved to have been older to experience Cream in the late nineties. Yeah, big part of Liverpool. Um, before the 051 it had like the Buzz Club and the State I would love to experience that I'd love to have went to the State to be honest with you yeah but unfortunately I never <laughs> but I caught what you caught what I what I wish I caught it, like, what yeah. I, I caught what has given me some of the best memories of my life Um so some of the clubs what's that so it'd be like 051 051 Sunrise um, Sunrise Sunrise was my favourite club ever I think about the sunrise on a, a daily basis. <laughs> um, still, like fifteen years down the line. G bar, G bar. I, I only ever went twice. Um, I always found that part of town, G bar and Garlands, like the the gay community, mm. um, was a bit more. I'm not saying up its own ass. It was a bit more for a scally type person to get into. Yeah. Um, that's another thing. I wish. Unknown at the time, but while I was focusing on Ultra Beat and Lee Butler, me second love Hard House was taking over Garlands, and I didn't even fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like BK and the Tidy Boys, Lisa yeah. Lashes, Lab Four in Garlands, while I'm listening to 
Ian Redman play Feel and Fine. Which <laughs> it's, not, it's, no, it's good. It's still good. Yeah, but, yeah definitely. Yeah. It's, it would have been good to get the taste of both. I didn't even know that they, they sort of broke into Liverpool, really. Yeah, neither did I until late on. And then I noticed flyers and posters. And I was like, how the fuck have I missed that? But then... <laughs> Saying it, I probably could have queued up for an hour to get into Garland's and the Dortmund would have said, Knock you back, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. tonight, lad. Well, uh, before we get into your thing and your story and that, I want, I want to just ask you, like, uh, what I've been asking everyone. Um, yeah. Basically, what did you have for tea last night? Um, what did I have? Fish and chips. Uh, yeah. Chippy fish and chips, are you? Chippy fish uh, and chips. Um, have you I got to go to? I have got to go to, but I was in my father's. Um, my mum and dad are separated. Mm. Um, so I stayed in my dad's last night because I haven't seen him for about two weeks. Mm. And there's a chip shop down the road which has just been took over by new owners. <coughs> so I thought I'd give it a try. Really decent, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's hard to find a decent chippy that you want to stick to. So yeah. <laughs> like, well, maybe that's just me, but fucking... If you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen that I put in a, a picture of my local chip shop up for Valentine's Day the other day because I, <laughs> I don't have a year. girlfriend my only love is a chippy and <laughs> it's called the Tung Fong in Liverpool uh, in Old Swan yeah. and I've been going there 27 years and it's just been so consistent never had new owners family run business class and it's the bomb yeah, fucking, I'll be, I'll be fucking chasing them up for uh, a lot royalty check on yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm only joking. No. Um, basically, like fucking with me, with, when it comes to chippies, yeah, it's like where I'm from, it's so inconsistent, like because yeah. it's like new owners or the fuck, they'll, they'll be cheeky as fucking, like change the way they do like the chips or something like that. No? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm quite lucky to be honest. Mm. There's, there's probably like two or three round by mine. Yeah. Um, I think Liverpool's a big chippy city, yeah. you know. With, Every every scouse is salt and pepper mad, you know what I mean? <laughs> and shumais. Salt and uh, pepper shumais, yeah, yeah that's uh, a massive Personally problem, though, yeah. I, I must be the only scouser who doesn't like shumais. Yeah. I've tried them once and I'm like, I'd rather have like prawn toast or wontons or yeah. something I've like had that. them the proper way, like, um, we, obviously my missus being Chinese. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, we have it regularly for like breakfast and shit. Yeah. So, so I've had it the proper way, but when it absolutely fried my brain when I came down here and you were fucking deep frying them and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. salt and pepper, that's fucking mental. I'm yeah. like, wow. Um, and you've probably adopted it as well. It's not even Chinese anymore. It's scouse, that is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it, it is scouse. Like, there isn't anything more scouse than salt and pepper shumais, you know what I mean? Like, a scouser in a Monterex tracksuit with on running. Trainees <laughs> eating salt and pepper two miles, you can't get more scouts than that. <laughs> Class. What did you have for your tea? Oh, uh, we went to fucking, it was alright as well, that Asian food market on Renshaw Street. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. There's fucking neon signs yeah, everywhere. Uh, it's yeah. intense, like with, with the lightage and that outside. Yeah. So, what, what we usually do when we come down, we go to Big Ball, just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only, yeah. Decent in Opposite there. the uh, Bondal Church. Mm. Yeah. And um, we said, we'll go in here and try this. So, I got fucking. She went to those, like, because they're all different brands in there and that. She got, like, a Mong Kok dim sum um, that looked nice, to yeah. be fair. And I got a, so I guess, sweet and chilli chicken. Oh, sweet and chilli beef, sorry, uh, yeah. and rice from, like, a little shopping opposite. Yeah. Fucking class, mate. Like, this is what I love about Liverpool. You don't get shit like this. Start, like, I always say, like, as a, as a bit of a fucking running joke, that, well, it's not a sad joke, but... Liverpool's my favourite city in the world. Yeah. In the world. Like, yeah. fucking crazy, that, isn't it? Like, yeah. Uh, I consider myself well travelled in that as well, but it's fucking, it's so... Yeah, so same. I've, I've been all over the world and I love I love Liverpool. I, it's... It's got everything it's you hit, want, eh? It's hit and miss 
realistically there's two sides to it obviously we talk about all the food and yeah. all the stuff you can do in Liverpool but then you, you have the knife crime and the gun crime and, yeah. and stuff like that but that's the same as anywhere you know what I mean everywhere's got its bad side to it as well I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't yeah. sort of discredit it anyways. but yeah I love it I, I, I'm I, very proud of wherever I am in the world telling people I am from Liverpool I you always it. come across them as well like have you noticed that oh, do you, know, yeah. you go somewhere like, you could, like I went I was in um we went to Hong Kong, just just gone, um, sort of September there, uh, and we we, got, we sort of go every year. I went to this this bar for some food, like traditional um, like dim sum breakfast and that. Where do you know when you go and it's all the spinny tables yeah, and stuff yeah. like that, like and just I, I felt like I was the only white guy in there, yeah. so I was like I was there, and I, was, and I heard this voice, and I was like. Turn around, it was two scousers on holiday. Yeah, there, and I'm just like, yeah. you literally find them anywhere you go. Yeah, it's mental. I've been in New York and like walked past the Hugo Boss shop and seen scousers in the Hugo <laughs> Boss shop buy, buying a polo. Like, what, what they can buy in the Hugo Boss shop in Liverpool, but yeah. it, it is they're everywhere. Well, now we're talking about Liverpool, and that will sort of get into your story. Then, if that's all right, um, Go ahead, yeah. Are you from Liverpool all your life? Like, all my life. Born in Liverpool, um, in Mill Road Hospital, if you really want to know. It's not there anymore, it's been flattened. Right. Um, always lived in Liverpool, always lived within four miles of the city centre and yeah. football stadium. And I'll probably never move, yeah. really. I still live with my mum. Yeah. That's my personal choice. I didn't get some girl up the duff 20 <laughs> years ago, and now I'm Buchlan yeah. and Sinker with three kids. You know what I mean? It's been my personal choice yeah. to live with my mum, and my brother lives with us as well. We have a laugh. Yeah. Mum never needs a gardener, never needs an electrician. Class. Maybe one day I meet somebody, but up to now, I've done fine for 37 years. So you were talking about your parents before. Yeah. Um, are they in the music out like that? I wouldn't say that into music, really. I, I, I have fond memories of a kid growing up and of a Sunday me, while my mum's cooking the dinner and things. They'd put the vinyl on and it'd, it'd be a mix mm. of everything. My mum likes George Michael. My dad likes his music. Um, couldn't really nail down a sound what he likes or anything. There was always music in the house when I was growing up. Um, a lot of vinyl. Where did the music come from then when you when you discovered it? I don't really know, to be honest. Um I just sort of picked up on it myself. Um, if you really want an older first album I bought was PJ and Duncan, Psych, <laughs> which is betterly known as Ant and yeah. Um I basically bought the album for Let's Get Ready to Rumble. Yeah. There was fuck all else on it. <laughs> I just wore Class. it out. Class. But then I, um, I'd always be interested in, in music. Um, whether it, it was probably like the Now albums and that. And it, I never really had a particular sound what I was into. Yeah. I liked, wow, that, that song, what was in the charts, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Then I started buying, like, CD singles. Yeah. And immediately it was, let's look for the extended mix or let's look for the Dancing Divas mix or yeah. let's look for the Lisa Marie Experience mix. It wasn't the radio edits I was after. Yeah. It was the, the remit, thing, track yeah, three yeah, or yeah. track four, which then sort of pushed myself into so it's like going into like electronic electronic yeah, dance yeah. music um then as i got a bit older into early teens it was your, your cream albums your early ministry of sound pete song albums everyone had them didn't they yeah uh, i still listen to them now um 
Oh yeah, it's sort of stem from that until I heard a tape when we were meant to be in school, but we were yeah. in some girl's house, and it was like a live recording of Club 051 in Liverpool, I think. And Class. I heard DJ Disco stamp your feet, and I was like, this is, this is what I've been looking for, yeah. you know what I mean? And then it sort of stemmed from there. Um, but what was it? Which? No, like the DJ Disco stamp your feet, what was it that caught your eye? Was it the BPM? The, the, uh, beat, the, the repetitive kick baseline yeah. uh, the hits in it yeah. everything um, so it could sort of give me mates some Jews Neil uh, who I grew up with in, in my old road where he used to live yeah. he used to put on a, I think it was every Friday he'd DJ in the local church and he he, 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 he didn't have a fucking set of techniques and that he had a CD player and a, an old Hitachi CD player with a <laughs> mixer and I always used to go with him and I just used to find it fascinating it wasn't like he was working the crowd or anything. He was just playing the right tunes, what the kids mm -hmm. wanted to hear. Yeah. And I, I sort of, he was a bit older than me. So he, he was, I must have been 12, 13. He was 16. And he was going to the clubs in Liverpool, like I mm -hmm. mentioned, the Buzz Club and things. And he was coming back with these tapes and CDs. And I was like, this is what I need to be doing. Yeah, obviously, I was too young. Yeah. He then lent me a mixer. And then that just changed the game. I was like, ah, so that's how you do it. Yeah. Um, how long did it take for it to click? Click as in what? As in the, the DJ side of things. Like, because everyone, when everyone starts off, it's like the, no one really knows what they're doing unless someone's. Yeah, exactly. He lent me that mixer and I had. I took the CD player out of my dad's stack mm. and then I had a CD player in my room and it was just like that. Boom changed there was no mixing involved because yeah. it didn't have pitch control nothing like that mm -hmm. um so then he asked for the mixer back so that's when i realized i need my old mixer yeah so for my birthday i got a new mark blue dog which i think most djs around that area will have started on one of these it had two channels and again that yeah. was it um i can remember them actually yeah yeah Bomb proof. It, it <laughs> probably still work now, if I still had it. I, I don't know what ever happened to it, to be fair. Um, but yeah, and then I realised that the music I needed and wanted wasn't on CD, it was on vinyl. Right. So then it was like, okay, need to set the turntables. And my mum and dad, I'm not dissing them whatsoever. They weren't going to go out and buy me a set of Technics. Yeah. They would never go out and buy me a Lacoste tracksuit. They would never <laughs> go out and buy me a pair of Rockport. Yeah. Things like that. So my birthday was in September. So I had to get one turntable for my birthday in September and then wait three months till Christmas to get another one. You can get you can get ahead though doing that because obviously you could play a CD on the, exactly. on the CD. That's what mix. I was doing. That's exactly what We've I was doing. We had a similar, similar sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. That, was, that was the same as what I did. And that, um, that sort of how i got started um probably the same as most people really um, yeah. so then did it click with you whilst you were mixing from cd to the to the vinyl that the beat matching click yeah, do you yeah. mean i i honestly couldn't nail down when i figured it out and nobody ever taught me or nothing like that um i always remember going to a house party and i took the turntables and there was a guy there he obviously he knew what he was doing yeah and he's like, you don't need to keep speeding it up with your finger. That's what the pitch control's for. I was like, 
<laughs> now it fucking makes sense. You know what I mean? I knew yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. I knew I had to match the beats. I was using my finger to keep the fucking record hell. I was mixing in. in Add that. <laughs> in time, it was. Fuck me. Yeah. And then he said, no, no, keep moving your finger, but move the pitch. And then mm. once it's in the right place, you don't need to keep doing that. I was like, oh, he's onto something here. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, and that's it from there. Um, so, sort of going forward, then, what, yeah. what was your first rave experience? Rave experience. Um, I must have been fifteen. I think it was my fifteenth birthday. Um, I went to the aquarium in Liverpool, which probably after the Sunrise Club was my favourite club. Yeah. Um. I wasn't even old enough to be in the gaff. I don't think anybody in there was, yeah. to be honest. Even the doorman at 3am used to say, come on, school tomorrow. Because mm-hmm. uh, we used to go over Thursday. Thursday nights in Liverpool were really big. Yeah. Um, and I went. And it had two rooms. It opened at 10. And you go in the room downstairs. They build it up with the funky house. Yeah. Uh, and then at 11 o'clock, upstairs it opened. Um, downstairs at 10 o'clock you had Ian Redman and a guy called Matt Ashton they were two best mates yeah. I didn't know them at the time because um, I was so wanted to be so involved in the scene I just hung around the DJ box I didn't really know how to dance <laughs> um, until I got some substances into my body yeah. um, it just does it itself then doesn't it <laughs> but I was just so in awe of years of listening to this stuff on the radio and that yeah you're just listening to it and in your head you're all pitching oh, i wonder what this club's like you know what yeah. I mean? you, can, you can hear the live recording of the people you can hear the DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was uh i was just in awe and I, I was for years to be fair and i just used to stand next to the dj box watching what they were doing i'd watch mark simon used to be on at 11 p.m yeah till about 12 one he'd do a warm-up set which is very underrated. We'll touch on that later. <laughs> um, and then I just stand there waiting for these DJs like Lee Butler and Pez Teller to turn up, and they were just like rock stars to me. Yeah, I think that, that like so like Lee and that like they within the city they are like fucking they are like they were gods. in this in this in this bubble of Liverpool. Yeah, they are they are like. Like celebrities, aren't they? Like, they were, especially at that time. Yeah. Like even before I went to the clubs, I'd go to the like three beats and different record shops, mm. and if I seen them in there, it was like I'd seen Ozzy Osbourne or fucking <laughs> somebody like that. Class. They were like gods, you know what I mean? And yeah. I'd never approach them. I'd be, I'd be too scared, and then I'd go to school and I'd go, oh, guess who I seen at the weekend? And <laughs> I'd be too scared to approach them. Years down the line, I got to know them and. Mm. Yet again, was still in awe of these people, yeah, and still was really because they just give me so many good memories. Yeah, um, I think my anticipation as well for like I've had two like this sounds it's gonna sound so bad, but yeah. at the same time so so understandable just so you can sort of get I, I'm that enthralled into the music and like I'm I've got some sort of obsession problem where it's like if i if i like something i like it we're yeah. talking off pod i like comedy i like yeah i like um i, I like wrestling like uh, like star wars like i grew up on wrestling yeah but grew like my, my thing is i'm so fixated that everything else around it sort of doesn't count do you know what i mean it sounds really exactly and that's a, that's sort of what i'll touch on um 
because I was so in, enthralled, if that's even a word, I don't yeah. know, in, in the Liverpool scene and what these gods yeah. were doing, I was totally oblivious to fucking Pete Tong and Carl Cox and things Everything like that. Else going on outside, I just, I didn't really <coughs> know it existed. Yeah. Um, obviously, I did with the the mix CDs and like I, I used to buy mix mag and I'd read it and I'd, basically I didn't have a fucking clue what it was on about. I was I was looking if there was any scouts out in mix mag. And it, this was never going to happen. Yeah. And I was a bit, uh, bit naive to the whole spectrum of DJing because I was so focused on Liverpool and and these people. Yeah. And I just wanted to be a part of that so much. Um, in the end, I did. As I said before, I, I never become anything big, and never, never ever will say that I did yeah. or I, I was. You know what I mean? I just want to be so part of that scene, whether it was carrying somebody's record bag for them or yeah. helping them in any way. You know what I mean? If they couldn't find a tune and I had that tune, I'd fucking lend them that no problem. Yeah, um, I think you've you're not necessarily like as I say you you. Um, a, do you know what I mean? You're not saying you made it out like that, but yeah. I think within the circle of of the circuit DJs that we yeah. all, we both know, you're very respected in that regard. Yeah, like they've all got. A, if I talk to anyone, if I say, as I say I've talked to Rob, yeah, or talked to John Neil or yeah. someone, if your if your name comes up, like you 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 very you've got you've earned the respect of them. Do you yeah, know what I mean? because I, as we were saying before the podcast, I think that's like a lost cause. Um, that's what it was about back in the day, hanging around the record shops. Mm. Like, I, I never used to go to school. I used to tell my mum I was going to school, but I'd catch the bus into town. Mm. And sometimes I'd be at the record shop before the staff. And eventually I ended up getting a job that way. They were like, well, you're here before us. Here's a set of keys, just open up. <laughs> and when we turn up, we turn up. Yeah. And it was just that of, oh, when's this tune out? Oh, where did you hear that? Lee Butler, yeah. Don't even know what it's called or it'll be out in six months what record shop was it it was called plastic records yeah. it was never as big as three beat um but it's where it give so many djs like rob rob kane and ian redman a chance yeah um it was very underrated it was a lot more underground a, yeah. a lot more second-hand stuff compared to three b2 but yeah. selling records to fucking sasha and digweed and things like that plastic right. was never like that um and nobody ever said it was bigger than three beats or anything, but it was always. Sometimes it was the first port of call for some DJs. Yeah. But it was more like a youth club, you know what I mean? People come in, oh, all right, Alan, how's it, how's it going? Blah. That's yeah. how I. That's how I met Rob and Ian Redman right. through that shop. Well, you were going in buying records, and that, yeah. I was going in buying records. Sometimes I wouldn't even have money. Yeah. I'd, I'd sit in there for eight hours a day. Listening, oh yeah, well, what's he buying there? Why is he buying that? That's shit. Oh, you know what I mean? And then <laughs> people are coming with second-hand records, you know, do you want to buy these 50 records there? Yeah, and Robert flicked through and go, oh, I'm having that, I'm having that. He goes, do you want any of them? I go, fucking 95 North, the request for the five, no problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. same with, like, obviously Mike Descala now is just blown the roof off what he's done and well-deserved. But he used to do the same. Yeah. He used to come and hang around, you know what I mean? Yeah. Get a ciggy lad, come for the ciggy outside or going to get a, a bite to eat. It'd just be like a community Yeah. Uh, in these shops. And that's sort of how you page your dues as a DJ. As I was saying 
like about footballers back in the past, like Jamie Carragher and Steven Gerrard. They used to have to clean older players' boots, John Barnes's boots, and that to like earn their dues as as a footballer. Yeah, obviously they were talented and things like that, but it sort of uh, it got you noticed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I obviously remember once Rob saying to me, "This was a Saturday." He's like, "If you come to the club tonight, the aquarium, you can have a go." And I was like, "Holy shit!" And yeah. then, <laughs> but I got that. I, I didn't lick his ass, or uh, mm. I wasn't giving him a CD every. Ah, you weren't saying book me, book me. Yeah, no, he's like, yeah. come down tonight. I know you're interested. Um, and I'll give you. I'll go to Dex, and I was like, okay, cool, signed. I've sort of got what I, I ever wanted, and that's one thing. What I, I say to people where I work now, things like that. Like I conquered my dreams by the time I was seventeen, eighteen. Mm. All I ever wanted to do was be involved in that scene, and maybe one day play a gig in one of the clubs and I did that by the time of seven, 17, 18 <laughs> yeah. so now I just live my life I've, I've done everything I ever wanted to do yeah um, so what, what was the first tune you played then? First you, I know for a fact you know it because you've got this I've noticed when you play sets and mixes and stuff like that yeah. you're very um, yeah, you you know your you sort of tunes and not what's going into what and stuff like that, but yeah. you, you've got a good memory of like, oh, when you played this or when you played that. I yeah, yeah. Up on that. So go on. What first was tune I played where? In when, a you, club? when when uh, when Rob said come down. To the oh, aquarium. it was only funky house to be yeah. honest, because where um, Rob gave me Rob used to play downstairs in the aquarium club. Yeah. Like I said, all the big hitters played upstairs yeah. at the time. No disrespect, Rob wasn't a big hitter. Yeah, he was still very talented, very under the radar. And he played the downstairs room most of the night, I think it was. Yeah. He just played Funky House. And if, if you got a bit bored of the Scouse House upstairs, you'd always come down. Or if you were wired out of your skull on the tablets and fancied the chill out downstairs, you could. <laughs> and the music was a bit mellower. Yeah. It was a lot of Funky House. Um, it hadn't really took off as big as it was, the Funky House, mm-hmm. um, in them years. Um, I'll be honest, I can't really remember what I played. I th- <laughs> it might have been like some early Mick the Scala bits where he was under the alias of Sumo yeah uh, oh, what's it called Man, Body and Soul things like that right. some people probably don't even know he made them because they were more focused on the BCD stuff but yeah. it did actually come out on BCD um, it was never really what I wanted to play obviously I wanted to turn up and play fucking Alex K shake it up <laughs> six times <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. But that never happened. I'm, I'm not. I'm not really asked. I'm. I'm glad that you admit that you got the understanding of it, though. Like, you see a lot of DJs now. No disrespect to people, but like, they get they get that opportunity you got. Yeah. And they'll turn up and play one five five open an hour, and it's like. I'll be honest. Like, what was it? What could you say? So, uh, 2010, 2011, 2012. I started yeah. to get some local gigs. Um, over in the Whittle, Liverpool, yeah. through a guy called Fat Pete. I don't know if he's still about, I don't have Facebook. Was it um, Back to the Anthems? Was Back it? to the Anthems yeah, and yeah, Rehab yeah. was his brand. Yeah. And then, I'll be honest, I was taking substances and things like that, so I wasn't really asked. I was getting 50 quid. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just thought, went balls deep in, what have I always wanted to do? I've always just wanted to play Shake It Up and <laughs> fucking whatever kicking hard yeah so i'd turn up at 10 o'clock and play them 
Yeah. Where is shouldn't off? And I think after after that, um, then when I didn't have any gigs and things like that, I realised that I'd done wrong. Mm. Uh, I hadn't done wrong in a big sense because the people who were there, they weren't asked anyway. Yeah, you know what I mean. To, what would you call it? donk idiots? Yeah, um, things like that. They didn't care what music was getting played at ten o'clock or what was getting played at half one. Yeah. But I look back on myself and I, I let myself down there by doing that. Yeah. But then even now, if I'd have done the warm-up sets, which I'd probably do now, it would have went right over the heads anyway. Yeah. Um, as I was saying about the warm-up set, I think that's the most important set. And I learned that from Rob. Learned that from Ian. Yeah. Um, when I go to the Aquarium Club at ten o'clock, Ian wouldn't be, <coughs> wouldn't be playing Bushwankers work that arse at ten past ten. Yeah. You know what I mean? He'd be playing your uh, early funky house stuff, Junior Jack stuff like that, uh, Billy Jean, the Bushwacker mix. Yeah. And it'd build. And this is one thing, probably what still exists in your scene, as you've just said, people turning up and playing. A hard style mix of Avicii levels at ten past ten, and <laughs> you're peaking too early. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, even listening to old Lee Butler CDs and things, for the eighty minutes it took you on a journey. There's a psychology behind it, isn't there? Yeah, yeah exa Absolutely. exactly that, and that's how I'd want to see it. Um, so that's how I would play now if I got any gigs. I'm not yeah. fishing for gigs or any. <laughs> I'll probably turn you down anyway, to be honest. <laughs> um, it, and that's one thing. What this what you call it a scene i don't class it as a scene really bounce yeah. whatever it's just i don't know how it survived that long because it's shit really. <laughs> but yeah it's there's there's no logic to it yeah um, i always wonder as well like i don't don't know like if what, who's big at the moment fisher or whatever if, if fisher's on saying like the warehouse project at 2am yeah. is the dj who's on a 10 11 and 12 a day progressing it you know what i mean yeah. i don't know because i don't go, I don't go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, I, th I think it's, it's a lost art of building a club the way it should be i think there's a big difference as well you were saying about the fisher thing there at warehouse yeah. i think there's a big difference between going to a nightclub yeah. and going to a show because that, that, there's is, is a it's a show it's a like big yeah. pyros and screens e exactly and um, same with like eric prince all this visual not for me yeah that just play the music. He's a talented producer. You don't need all that. You just need four CDJs, a mixer, and one spotlight on him. Yeah, that's all you need. That's why I love the sunrise. Yeah, sunrise had one light, but and it was uh, like a basic. It was basic. It was yeah. very, very low ceiling. I think even the speakers were on the ceiling facing down. It had yeah. one light, a smoke machine. It was about the music. The music took you on a journey. Yeah, but that place had opened at a. Uh, 1am so you you could go to your aquarium your 051 and at 10 p.m uh, 10 p.m it'd warm up by 12 maybe lee butler would come on start playing your, your scouse house bits and then you could go excuse me you could go up to the sunrise at one o'clock and it'd start again you know mm. what i mean yeah even yeah, though yeah. it was 1am it wasn't banging it'd start again because it was open till six mm. so by three it was starting to get really heavy um, but that that's why I loved it. it. It was so underrated. Obviously, it rivaled the pleasure rooms because yeah. there was two after-hours clubs in Liverpool: Sunrise and Pleasure Rooms. Yeah. Pleasure Rooms took off. I don't know whether it was because of the radio broadcast. I don't know whether 
the MC thing had just started to come in. Yeah. And it took off, and it, for a lot of people, it outlaid the sunrise. But yeah. if you're, probably if you'd ask Rob, if you'd ask people who know what they're talking about, they'd always say the sunrise more. Yeah. Because of what it would play. Tom Craft, Steve Marano tunes. Yeah. The music was so varied. And most people in there were out of the nut. So <laughs> it just worked, if you get me. Right, we're just going to pause there for end of part one. All right, how are we doing? Just want to take a second of your time before we start today's episode. And I want to tell you about our Patreon. Um, Patreon is a, a tool that we use to financially support this podcast. For as little as £3 a month, you can support us and what we do. Uh, it pays towards our travel, um, our editing time, um, recording equipment, making things better, essentially, for the podcast. Um, but in return, we give you at least one bonus episode per month early access to uh, the public episodes which you're watching now so you get these a couple of days early and also as well i'll be giving away all my tracks on there um so if you if you subscribe for three pounds a month you might get 10 pounds worth of tracks every track that i produce will be going on that on on the um, patreon page so for as little as three pounds you can support the cause um you won't even notice it going out your bank sign up now at patreon.com forward slash it's time to refresh. That is patreon.com forward slash it's time to refresh. You know you're a fucking belter. Nice one. So back for part two of the podcast. Um, I hope you're enjoying it so far. I'm, I'm proper right into this story, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I want to get into the sort of... Uh, we were talking about Liverpool there and like yeah. what Scouse House is to the, 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 the city and everything like that. So yeah. we'll sort of... We'll move on and sort of... We'll talk maybe like the back end of the, the peak era, sort of, sir? Yeah. Well, so, by the time I'd made a lot of friends in the scene, I was friends with um, Rob, um, working in the shop where Rob worked, mm. um, meeting all these all these people. I got to know Ian, better known as Ian Redmond from Ultra Beat. Yeah. Um, he sort of took me under his wing. Oh, in so much debt for what he did for me. Yeah. Um, let him down on a few occasions, not going to lie. But for the rest of my life, I'll probably be in so much debt to Ian and what he what he did for me. Yeah. Um, he had the DJ school up in above three beat. Yeah. Used to put a lot of effort into teaching kids. Um, bringing, I think now I couldn't name any names, but a lot of DJs who were in Liverpool now went through Ian's DJ school. Learned a lot. Um, and it was great. I could literally walk down the corridor and go and watch Mike Descala make module one. You know Class. what I mean? How many people can say that I'm not being big at the door? But I could go and sit in the studio on a couch and watch Mike make tunes. Um, some people will pay a lot of money to watch him do that nowadays. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a big thing now, isn't it? Watching producers. Yeah, sort of like, but it was so. very open and what, watching like how, how he worked and it's like, what was the thing he did? Uh, open one eye where it was the eye opener vocal yeah, yeah, yeah. over module one he was making his hardcore remix of eye opener and the guy in the studio behind him was playing module one and he just went hi hi and that's how he made it <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. but it, it wasn't just mike um obviously a lot of people were coming through mm. in school it, it was like a hub um like lee s uh, yeah. dizzy djs puddy uh, Steve Brett, who's now known as Club Filler, yeah. uh, respect all of them. Uh, it was just like a hub. 
Um, I think communities like that, right? Did like this? Is my my personal opinion. Yeah. The the they that's when scenes thrive. When you've got it young was hungry talent. It was and it wasn't for me. Um, I saw the scene that as the beginning of the end for Scouse House. And but I'm not the, that them. If you look at them names there, yeah, they they've went off and they've created something else. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, I, I remember watching an interview with um, Ferry Cause and he just goes, "Yeah, hero of mine, by the way." Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and he was saying when when the trance thing was becoming a thing, and everyone was like, they didn't have a name for trance, but yeah, basically like uh, he was going to the record shops and the, the, you'd be like Tiesto, him, and yeah, like, yeah, all yeah. the big names. There weren't yeah. there weren't big names as such yet but there were the, the, the local DJs and they were all yeah. on the hunt for this same sort of thing yeah. and it, it's that community that's spread out across the world if you look at that it's that on a smaller scale if you look it at is. the yeah. likes of um, Steve um, Club Filler yeah. he's, he's went off and done his own thing but he, progre he progressed some of the bounce stuff do you yeah. know what I mean when you, you use some of them early Stevie B mixes yeah. um, Lee S another fucking yeah. fantastic definitely uh, yeah bounce producer of all. and it was and it just sort of made it stale for me, though. As yeah. as good as it was, it just wasn't Scouse House anymore. Scouse House, to me, was it was a mixture of funky house, a mixture of trance. Yeah. You, you could mix fucking Lange, Follow Me, yeah. into club heads, kicking hard. Then it'd be something else, like a, a remix of a chart song. That's what Scouse House was about. It was a bit of everything. it come a bit DIY, do you not think? Exactly. Because so, if, you, if you've just rammed off them, them tunes there... There is different like subgenres of what it is, but it was known as scouts. But yeah, it's like all Europeans. So at this exactly, point, it's like DIY One, British. Once it started mean? becoming homemade, yeah, that was it for me. Um, it was just too generic. There was nothing, and then going to clubs and hearing DJs playing, and I was with them like the Scarlet Tunes. And don't get me wrong, they were all great tunes, and they were all structured the way you could mix them so good baseline to baseline mm. everything worked it was just boring it wasn't the same anymore yeah um so and then after that obviously um started like the donk up era yeah. oh what's a big funky house tune sound kick and bass donk do you think that this was a general consensus like do you think other do you think ravers were picking up on this at the its time in a way, yeah. Um, a lot of people then started to move to like the funky house era in Liverpool, mm -hmm. which was a, a very big thing and a thing I loved. Mm -hmm. um, I know Rob loved it as well. Um, we were always together three, four nights a week at that time mm -hmm. and we worked in the shop, so we were picking up on these tunes. But I, I just thought it had just become stale and it was sort of the end, really, yeah. of what I knew as Scouse House. Then, like, one of my absolute heroes come over, Alex K, from Australia. Yeah. And yet again, I was like, fuck me, this this guy's a rock star. <laughs> Realistically, well, he was just kicking, kicking donk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Know what I mean? But um, he come over and he, we picked him up from the airport. We were, like, the, his first point of contact. Yeah. Uh, second point, because he went to see Amen in London first. Yeah. Um, and then he come up to Liverpool and it was just, I was like, I never thought I'd fucking meet this guy, you know what I mean? And mm. it was just, thanks for making Shaker up. <laughs> thanks for Angel in what's, my ass. What's, what's your opinion on um, 
the crossover between the Aussie stuff to, to the British stuff. Like, because the, the culture is so much the same yet so different. If you listen to what what's being put out now, I think you might like it. Because there's the you know, like Dave Austin. Um, so I'll be honest, I haven't heard any of it. I'll send you some of it all. Yeah, right? yeah. So um, it's it's like <clears throat> they've really brought back this like NRG type thing. So yeah. there's um, oh, what's his name, Charlie Charlie Brown, I think he's called Charlie Brown, uh, Nick Nova. Um, Dave Austin, yeah, and they've really like created this scene between them, and it's all one forty sort of. Uh, they're doing they're remixing a lot of like charty vocals and stuff like that, but yeah. there is bits and bobs there. I'm like, oh, that's quite good. That okay, yeah. So um, that's that's the same same sort of thing. But it's he- as- heavily heavily inspired by Alex K. Yeah, you can hear it in all the tunes. And so when he like came so really, he was um, he was one of the the pioneers. Yeah, for, for myself. Obviously, then local people got involved. Mike just flipped it on its head. Mm. Like, this is how you make a tune. It has 32 beats as an intro, 32 beats as an outro. It has one break, and then it has a second break and kicks back in. He sort of put the groundwork down for how a Scouse tune should sound, but that was sort of starting the bounce scene, lighting the fire of the bounce scene. well, yeah, I'd be interested to hear some of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it over to you. Um, so, so that's what I was saying. I'm getting on to about Alex. Yeah. What would you What do you think was it with the crossover? Did you think that it translated to the Liverpool crowd well? Alex coming over here, hundred um, percent. And he sort of freshened it up a bit. Obviously, what are we talking now? Two thousand and four, two thousand and five. Yeah. Angel in my heart. I can't wait. Would have been four or five years old. So we just donked them. He just yeah. freshened them up. I always remember him first coming to Ian's studio and I said, well, what's in your CD wallet? Like his CD wallet would, to myself would have been like a, a checkbook. <laughs> and he put put a CD in and pressed play. And as soon as he pressed play and I heard the angel in my heart loop, I knew he donked it yeah. before the bass line even come in. And I was like, uh, that's going to work. And but, but then everybody started doing it. You know yeah. what I mean? No disrespect to like Hodge and people like that. They mm-hmm. were just making easy tunes. Yeah. Let's just put a put a donk on it. Yeah, no yeah. pun intended. Yeah. Um and to me that that was it. It yeah. was it was done. But I'd always had another love of hard house. Yeah. Which then I sort of went, okay, Scouse House shit. I love this more. Um so what was that? So now we're onto this. Yeah. What was the what was the 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 clicking point for you? What tune had you heard within Hard House where you're like, it's still very relatable. Yeah. Like I like. So this. at at the time it, I was in, <coughs> heavily into the Scouse House. This is two thousand. Mm. Um, can't really name some tunes. What come out two thousand Scouse House wise? Careless Whisper yeah. things like that. I think that was two thousand and one. Yeah. There was there was big big Scouse House tunes. Mm. But I bought Hard House Euphoria, the very first Hard House Euphoria. Class, by the way, that. Bright orange. Yeah. And that just changed the game for me. I was yeah. like, this is the music I like. And I wish I'd went that way, mm-hmm. personally. Um, but it is what it is, isn't it? Uh, so it was like Rachel Auburn, bass keeps pumping. Yeah. That to me is just Class. the epitome of like a Hard House tune. Bouncy hard house tune. Yeah. There was all other tunes on there, don't get me wrong. Um some people probably won't know what they are. 
John Whiteman and Ingo tunes. Absolutely fantastic uh, remix of uh, Signum. Um, yeah. Oh my god, that yeah, yeah. is phenomenal. They, that, that is just hard house to me. Right. People call that bounce nowadays. It's, that's not bounce. Mm. And that's where we were talking before, so talk about like Andy Whippy. Mm. When he, what was it? AW5, he used to bring these mixes out called AW1, AW5. Oh, yeah, I remember This that. is probably before all you donk idiots knew who, even knew who he was. And me and my friend had listened to these and we were like, oh, we need to see this guy. So we went to Tidy Weekender, anticipated, waiting to see Andy Whippy. Yeah. And he played System F Cry. And I was like, no. <laughs> I've heard this for the last two years in the fucking pleasure rooms yeah. and it just let me down and I'm not knocking him and I'm not knocking what he did whatsoever. He'd, he'd sort of ran out of resources of hard house, you know yeah. what I mean? So then he was experimenting, pulling bits of club filler tunes, no disrespect to Steve if he's listening. Yeah. He was pulling these and I thought I've I've missed them, you know what I mean? Mm. I, I wanted to see this guy two years earlier. Mm. Um, but what a DJ, but I just, I'm a bit gutted and missed Andy Whitby for what hard, hard house, for yeah. what hard house people know Andy Whitby for. So what was what year was this then that you went to Tidy Weekend? Couldn't tell you mm. off the off the top of my head. Um, if if it was the A, back end of the AW era, so I'm gonna say are you up two thousand seven? Does that sound about right? Probably, yeah. Because um, I used to go to. I don't want to waffle on about this too much. Oh, yeah. I used to go to Magaluf with yeah. Ian Redman. Ian Redman used to DJ Magaluf of the summer. Yeah. Um, so, because I was close to him at the time, I used to go over with him a couple of times a year. We'd go, um, and then we ended up just staying out there the whole summer, a few yeah. years. So that must have been 2007, 2008. Yeah. Um, we'd spend the seven months there. We'd go April 1st, come home late September um, and that is when I started going to Tidy Weekenders because they were in the October Yeah. so I would come home from Magaluf I'd go to Tidy Weekender What do you reckon of Magaluf? At the time it was unbelievable I couldn't tell you what it's like now I know that you have the what is it ultimate bounce getaway whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever it's called but I haven't been there for 12 years so I couldn't tell you <clears throat> I'm not going to lie to you mate right Truthfully, um, Magaluf to me, um, if I went there April the 1st, I'd yeah. be done by April the 4th. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> it sends my head completely west. Yeah. Like. So, but it was different for me because I was working there. And so I think was, even working. I, yeah. know, I think even so working. Like, oh, yeah, don't get me wrong, I'd, I was a right mess. <laughs> probably let myself down and let other people down mm. on more occasions than one working out there. And that's n no fault of my own. But when I was there, it was it was just unbelievable. You yeah. go on a boat party for hours. You know, I think we were still we were still playing vinyl back in them days because yeah. I remember it was so hot once that the vinyl was melting on the turntable as it was playing. Oh, gosh. so like <laughs> I was having to stand there with the sleeve of the record making shade. So by the time the vinyl had finished, it hadn't fucking turned into a Rice Krispies bowl. Yeah. But then there was a, there was so many things. Um, 
obviously Ian was DJing in BCM, which was the biggest club over there. Mm-hmm. Because he was close with the people to BCM, we could just walk in there any night of the week and just sit in the DJ box with fucking Armand Van Buren. Mm-hmm. Stuff what I never ever dreamed of. You know, you know what I mean. We sat, sat in an office with um, can't even name people at the time. Like I said, I'm a Van Buren and things like that. Mm-hmm. I got a few opportunities myself. Pleasure rooms used to come over of a mm-hmm. Wednesday, and they used to do was it twelve till four pleasure room. And I constantly pestered the DJs in this club, Boomerang, say give me a goal and they're like we can't just give you a goal you know what I mean I'm like, yeah, yeah but I'm better than you to, to, to the residents probably a bit cuntish really yeah. um, but then he approached me and he said well the pleasure rooms finishes at four o'clock our residents then can't go on and play house music till six it just doesn't work it kills the club Yeah. can you fill the last two hours I'm like, no problem Yeah. and it was a bit stubborn I'd, I'd never played to the crowd and that's, that's one of my things really like I know the whole point of a DJ is to entertain the crowd, but I have two DJs in my head. You have like a club DJ and you have a, a pub DJ. Yeah. You have a pub DJ or club who their sole job is to read the crowd, to make them happy, to keep yeah. them in the club, so to spend the money in the club. But then you have a club DJ who could play the fucking birdie song and I could do, but people are going to see that person. And that's my thing. Yeah. When I have a gig, I, I'll play what the fuck I want. I'm not going to play Show Me Love yeah. because I don't like it. I haven't even got a copy of it. Yeah. If you come to the club and Woodsy is on, yeah. then you're getting what Woodsy wants to play. Yeah. And it, it's probably a bit stubborn, but that's just how I feel. I'm not going to turn up and play music what I don't like because what's the fucking point? There's two types of club DJ, in my opinion, though. Yeah. Like, you get the ones who are the, the crowd readers and you, you, they'll sort of play anything yeah. to, to keep that dance lawful yeah but then there's like the educators as yeah, well so yeah, like yeah. So like you play music i've talked touched on this on so many podcasts but you 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 play music that you think the people want to hear and you think is a genuinely good tune if you think yeah that they need to hear that this bass line and then you fucking bring it in yeah yeah uh, if it goes off it goes off it doesn't it doesn't but yeah. at the end of the day you're just trying to show people educate yeah as you said yeah. i've did this when i was still involved 10 years ago whatever i got booked by a uh, Kenty to play the warm up for an acceleration event in Warehouse One. Oh, in Blackburn, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I played and I thought, right, I'm, I'm going to do the warm up the way I do the warm up. Half an hour in, why are you playing Deep House? I'm like, number one, mate, this isn't Deep House. Mm. Number two, if you think this is Deep House, this isn't Kenty, by the way, mm. this is a promoter. Mm. If you think this is Deep House, mate, you need to fucking reevaluate your music style. Mm. I'm like, well, can't you play fucking blah 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 and I'm like well no because that's like 145 BPM that should really be played at about quarter past half past 12 mm. it's 20 past 10 mm. I'm not going to play that now and no one got it Yeah. and I just thought well, what's the fucking point but I'll be honest with you I, I do change my style up where I go like for instance I played a couple of weeks ago I played over in um, Burnley yeah uh, uh, no, Nelson, sorry, uh, a Europa bar, um, um, and it, it, it's very, in that, I always find in that area, you always have to play the donk heavy stuff regardless of what time. Yeah, yeah, so I've had this as well in the past, uh, Rob got me a gig for Sanctuary, hmm. it was a HCID event on Blackpool Pier. 2012? Probably was, you, yeah. you probably know more than me. Um, 
and Andy Andy Farrell needed a warm up DJ and Rob said yeah, me, me mate Woodsy will do it um, so I did it the way I had warmed it up I was playing loads of like perpetual motion tunes things like that and then the guy who come on after me just went one for the pitch and played Alex K instant momentum one minute after that and I'm like oh, okay so I know how this scene sort of works now yeah um, but I didn't I didn't want it to be like that because Kutsky was on on the main stage and I'm like there's no point playing banging stuff the same as him you know we, let's start mixing up yeah. a bit so there's a, like a room too I just don't get it, you know. So for me, for instance, I'd play. Um, so like when I was in in Burnley, I was on f- first. Yeah. Uh, I started with uh, uh, Bellissima, DJ Quicksilver. Yeah. Me, um, that was at like one three eight something like that, maybe yeah. one three seven, and I was playing it and uh, mixed it into. Off the top of my head, I can't remember. I just thought I'd play on the fly, so it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, G Spot Energy. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I went into what was the third tune where I thought I'm gonna to have to start spicing this up a bit. Like, um, I then went into oh, this is gonna fucking be a big fucking gap in the podcast here, but I can't remember the third tune now. Um, and I, and I, I went in and I got I got it up to like 140 because I just needed to, the people who were there yeah. I needed to get them sort of fucking foot tapping or something. Yeah. And then in the end up, I finished my set at, like, from, I think I was on either, like, 9 till 10 or 10 till 11. Finished my set at, like, 1, 4, 5. And yeah. I was like, I could have, could have, uh, I could have easily finished at 1, 40 there. But it's yeah. just, I was having to adapt to that crowd. So I was pulling yeah. out the more donk-heavy stuff. Yeah. Whereas if I was in, for instance, my area, and I was on the first hour, they sort of respect the, the, it does progress through the night do you know what I mean yeah so for me I'd have, I'd have maybe wouldn't have played the donk heavy stuff 9 till 10 yeah yeah in fact I definitely wouldn't but as I said it's just a matter of reading the crowd but it is what it is isn't yeah. it there's not much per- you can personally do. for me I don't I don't give a fuck about the crowd <laughs> they don't give a fuck about what I'm playing whatsoever you know what I mean they yeah. just want to wear the favourite donk tune at the moment so hey just a little break between the between recording uh i just wanted to get on to yours about the it's time to refresh free birthday event that we're running but basically i've put on a free party and it's got it's unbelievable lineup i've dropped the flyer right now we've got from a to z if i can remember rightly um it's andy kelly uh, then we've got myself i've also got general bounce and last but not least we've got john g uh, really looking forward to this lineup like it's all for free and that's at club 135 um whitehaven and it's on saturday the 25th of march it's time to refresh first birthday get on it you know it makes sense Back for part three of the podcast. Um, we just had to stop for a little pee break and oh, that. Oh yeah, sorry, you got a proper weak bladder. Uh, <laughs> various reasons. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I just wanted to get onto you as well because obviously we've talked about this over like text and stuff like that. Yeah. I want to get onto you about the sort of the hard house and hard style thing. Yeah. Um, still love it. Um, I sort of think hard house sort of done the same as what. Scouse House did. Yeah. A lot of it was produced a lot a lot more homemade, no disrespect to all these people. Like who was it? Tom Barr, Tom Parr, Tom Perry, yeah. all these people they started making it. Whereas it wasn't as hard house what it used to be, where it was these people. Mm. But it was it, it's still good. It sort of died on its arse a bit. Um it was it was just so good. 
Uh, I sort of say to myself the reason I liked it so much is because the tunes were long, so you, you could get longer mixes out of them, yeah. which is what I've always loved doing. The longer you can mix, the longer both tu- both channels are open, yeah. you can you can mix. I've always loved that. Um, there is an art form to it as well, isn't there? There is, yeah, and there's so many options as well. Um, obviously, you have the untidy stuff, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, the untidy stuff that they're doing now is unreal. Yeah, yeah, I heard one the other day. Is it Drew Dabble or someone like that? And I was like, that, that's that's really good. It reminds me of like early, early scout stuff. Definitely, like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Hints of it there where it's a bit 100%. And uh, so much respect for the people who are still putting the effort in and making that stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously, as I said before, I was heavily involved in the scouse house scene mm-hmm. um, whereas I should have put all my eggs in the hard house basket yeah. I sort of I think my first tidy weekend I was 12 or 13 mm-hmm. which from my perspective was a bit late yeah. but I'm so glad that I got to attend these yeah. these things like, you going to go into that? yeah yeah you like, got any stories from the weekend there? Eh? <sighs> How long have you got? <laughs> Do we need to book the studio for another hour? <laughs> um, no, it's just unbelievable. P- people, unless you've been to one, you will never understand. Yeah. And I never understood until I went to one. And I was like, holy fuck. Imagine, imagine naming 50 of your favourite DJs. You're staying on the same campsite as them for three days. Yeah. Pontons in either Southport or uh, Prestatton in yeah. North Wales. You just like is it? I was just so as the same as like the scouts house. I was just so in awe. I was arriving there of a Friday, going to the shop to buy ciggies, and the yeah. fucking tidy boys are in the shop. Yeah. That's just like I, I can't believe this. <laughs> and then there, it was just so structured. You had one arena of a night, two arenas. Then there was like a third room, like a not bounce, like hard house bounce yeah. with uh, bounce like, the hard house like JP yeah. and Dukesy people yeah. like that. But it, it, it was just so. It wasn't even just the music, it was just the atmosphere. Because yeah. there was two, three thousand people there, and they were all there for the same reason as you. Yeah. For a good time. Yeah. And to experience Hard House the way, the way it should be. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if the Tardy Boys are involved, there's just entertainment guaranteed. Yeah. And they always theme it and stuff like that. That's what I love about it, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that, that was so great. Like, I think my, it must have been. Was it 14? The weekend of strikes back. No, it was 12. Yeah. Tardy weekend of 12, the weekend of strikes back. And to me, that was boss because it was fucking Star Wars theme. <laughs> we'll said, get into that in a minute. <laughs> I, I love Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so it, there was just people on the dance floor dressed up as fucking Boba Fett and yeah. and things like that. Who did you go to your first weekend with? Uh, probably my best friend is a guy called Ray Oliver. Yeah, a product of Ian Redmond's DJ school. Yeah, that's how I met him. Um, he sort of was the same as me. Scouts house, he'd be going pleasure rooms, old five one and sunrise. Yeah. But in his vinyl collection at home, he had tidy tracks tunes. Yeah, and I think that's why it clicked. He's still my best best friend I'll probably right. speak to him on a daily basis yeah he's got a missus and kid and that now uh, people have different lives don't they but yeah, it was yeah, him yeah. but he, he went to a few earlier than me obviously I was fannying about in Magaluf with Ian and things yeah so we, I think he 
weekend at eight or nine with his his first ones, and he's like, "How the fuck haven't you been to one of these yet?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Knowing your your tasty music, yeah, well. yeah." And I'm like, "I'm coming, I'm I'm, I'm coming, lad. Don't don't worry." But I eventually went to weekend at twelve. I think it was. Is there any moments that stick out for you? As in, you've been in say a certain arena or whatever, and a tunes came on, and you thought, "This yeah. is me." This, yeah, but so many times. Um, don't know if people would be aware of the tune K90 Red Snapper. Yeah. Big riff, hard house tune. Um, K90 was on live. And I was out of my head on tablets. Yeah. <laughs> and he played it live. And I just went so cold. I was like, oh my God. Unreal. Then like Tidy Boys come on with like fucking Beat Busters. Oh yeah, come of art as yeah. an intro. And I'm... Class tune as well, Bits and the pieces. Way. I remember seeing BK play the original Prodigy, no good, in a set because yeah. it's 150 BPM yeah. and it worked perfect. And I'm like, clever as fuck, yeah. unbelievable, set the room alight. So it was just so many things. And then obviously because I was so heavily into me DJing and that. I, I'd, you could appreciate it as well I'd, for that aspect. Obviously, I go as a clubber, but then the same stance. I'd stand on the barrier in the front and still go, oh, okay, like Roddy Style. Don't know mm. if people remember him. He yeah, dis- yeah. disappeared pretty quick. I think he's moved moved away or something. Yeah, uh, really technical, unbelievable. Yeah. I was Good like, producer as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I used to watch him and I was like, Jesus Christ, what's he doing? But there were so many different things. I remember watching Jordan Suckley play the warm-up set. Yeah. And look at him now. Un- unbelievable doing what he's doing tech, yeah. tech trance trance whatever you call it what he'd play yeah. but he was on at 10pm 10, 10 of like the Sunday first set and I said to Ray let's go and he's like oh no can't be asked I'm going to go out a bit later and Ray's girlfriend mm. she said I'll come with you and we didn't even dance we sat at the back because she just knew that I wanted to go and she was like I'll come with you and we'll just sit at the back because we were fucked we'd been <laughs> doing <Epic>. stuff for, <laughs> for two days you know yeah, what yeah, I mean yeah. but then I always remember seeing a, a thing called uh, what was, it? was it Nick Fisher and Sam Bongo and one of them was a DJ and he played Hard House and then his mate had played the bongos along to the I Hard House I've seen that but that sounds absolutely fucking mental unbelievable <laughs> because when he'd mix and he'd mix the tune and the bass lines had changed he yeah. changed the drum loop on the bongos oh, and I'm like Ah, you know what I mean. I've never seen any of it's that shit. You it? know what I Makes mean. Makes you stand out as well. Unbelievable. And then obviously the tidy boys have come on dressed as fucking Batman and Robin or whatever. <laughs> it was yeah. just, it was just so good. But it it opened my eyes, and I think it opened a lot of eyes to different music, like we were saying. Yeah. Kutsky yeah. and Alex Kidd started playing more heavier European, uh, Italian. Dutch hard style tunes yeah. and Ray was like what's this this is a bit of me and I was like oh, that's not really for me but then I understood it and personally for me if it wasn't for them two Alex Kidd and Kutsky yeah. bringing that sound over here it wouldn't have been as big as it was Yeah. so then the following Saturday weekend as artists were starting to get booked Showtech hmm. I remember seeing Showtech unbelievable all these uh, techno boy tune boy yeah and I think even the Tidy Boys who were putting them events on realised that, that there was a market for it. So you'd still have your, your hard house and that, but then like three till six, yeah. it'd be Alex Tough Kid, Kutsky, yeah. then uh, Showtech. Yeah. And then it, a lot of stuff went on with Tidy and I think they sold, sold in. It, it was rebranded like the Atomic Weekender, yeah. which, which was, to me, it was quite sad really, yeah. uh, being emotionally attached to Tidy and 
the stuff what they were doing. Yeah. Um, but it made sense. Because yeah. their music was getting a more elect- electronic. Like I just class hard style as 150 EDM. Yeah. It, it's exactly the fucking same. Yeah. And it catered for a lot more people. It brought a lot more people in who were into the, the hard style and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I could talk for, <laughs> for hours about it. About so, so what's your thoughts? What's your thought on current hard style? Like, what, what's, what's I only about? like reverse bass. Right. I, I, I respect it so much. Like with yeah. me friend who mentioned before, Chris Clark, who's um, dizzy DJs or total control quality or producer, by the way, one of a kind. However. Yeah, a viewer would view him. We just really wanted to know how they made that hard style sound. Mm. Fuck me, you've got to have some skill to make that. <laughs> Took us. It's because uh, you, you're pushing the the boundaries with with regards to how much distortion you can add to yeah. kick drums and stuff. Like you're literally like you're dancing on the line with it yeah. being a horribly distorted it, mix. It's or, so it's so clever. And yeah, it's so good how they do it. Um, some, reverse bass then. Go on then. Who, who, who are you fan of? Whoever makes a reverse bass tune, really. <laughs> um, I'll be honest, I haven't listened to it for a while, and it's mm. sort of. I'd go looking for the reverse bass style, and I'd listen to a hundred hard style tunes. I'd maybe find one, two yeah. reverse bass things. Um, but then I could pull out twenty and do a mix of twenty reverse bass tunes, and it just—it's just the same, isn't it? You yeah. know what I mean? It's like doing a, a mix with twenty Alex K tunes. It just gets a bit boring, but. I just love I just love that sound of the, the kick and bass, and I have done even before I knew what hard style was like War Brothers, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Norman bass. Yeah. Um, I pull I pull an occasional reverse bass track out like in my sets if it's the right time and place. Yeah, like I like that MKN stuff. Do you know what I mean? Right? Yeah, like, to me, it's same again. That's yeah. like a bit more homemade. Yeah, um, it's a bit more. UK, yeah, UK yeah, yeah, hard yeah. style, yeah, you could yeah. call that, and I think some some people actually do. It doesn't sound as good. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's shit, mm. but it just doesn't sound as good as a techno boy tune. Yeah. It doesn't sound as clean. Like techno boy though as well. Yeah, it? it just. Did you know we made Zombie Nation? Yeah. Yeah, that that is. Oh right, I didn't know that. It, no. The remix of Zombie Nation is called the DJ Goose remix. G I U S. That's Techno Boy. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Fact Class. of the day there. <laughs> Class. Right. Well, we're just gonna move on to the questions and that now. Yeah, mate, yeah, if That's go all on. right. Because uh, I think we've got your story covered, and then I've got a couple of opinions and that. Yeah, yeah. Go um, on. I'm gonna apologise in advance, by the way, um, for Don't some of these questions. Because uh, why have some people give you these questions? Yeah, these are questions that have been sent into that Instagram page. Okay. So. Yes, yeah, Sam. And I mean, people who watch a podcast, they they just they know it's for the music, right? Yeah, but yeah. There's a lot of food involved. There's a lot of, like stupid shit as well. Like, I'm all day for that. You know <laughs> what I mean? We started the podcast talking about what we had for tea last night, so we <laughs> yeah. might as well finish it on some stupid shit. Yeah, classmate. Um, so as I say, if you've got any questions for the podcast, uh, just follow us on Instagram at It's Time to Refresh. Um, and just DM us them. I do put a little post out now and again asking for questions, and then you can reply in the reply box. Um, but yeah, I, as I say, it's open to anything and everything. That's cool. So no today problem was, whatsoever. Uh, hi, uh, this is from Josh Miller, and it is, uh, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Uh, after watching your podcast, I can't decide what you are. Right, I'll answer this know first. What that means, yeah. So basically, <laughs> I, I'm the most introverted person you could meet. Yeah. 
but I'm very loud at the same time. Like, I, I like my own company. I'm very... And I think it comes across on the podcast of, like, sometimes maybe I'm a bit moody with yeah. stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not moody. Like, so, for instance, I'll use this as an example. Like, when when my little lad was born, um, we were in the, the like, hospital room, and, that, and my, my, my mom's, like, an overly excited person. Yeah. Her mom was overly excited. And I'm just there, like, I'm proper ecstatic over the moon, but I don't show facial expressions and all yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So, for me, I was just like... Actually, yeah, but I'm yeah, buzzing, buzzing. But like, I've got no, yeah, yeah, no thing to it. So when I'm out in clubs and that, I look, I, I look quite miserable because I'm not, I'm not drinking or like that. What was that? <laughs> it's fucking raining indoors here. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So basically, I like, I like, I like, I live in me, not living me on head, but like, do you know what I mean? If I'm sitting there making a tune, I'm, I'm much happier than I am standing in a nightclub. I'm, I'm very my own company type person. Yeah, I'm definitely like that. Yeah. I just hate people, really, <laughs> to be honest. People just wind me up. So you, would you say you're more intro- introverted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy my own company, as I've said yeah. earlier on. Like, I'm, I'm single. I have been all my life. I just, I just, realistically, couldn't be arsed with a girlfriend. Yeah. It's just a complete waste of time. I'd rather spend that time with myself or with, with my mum or with my brother or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I just hate people in general, really. Um, I think a lot of people are a bit through with me because I'm sitting here doing a podcast every yeah. week and I'm talking to people, so it doesn't come across as like I'm introverted. But yeah, I like I do things on my own, and I always have. Yeah. I went to Ibiza clubbing twice on my own. Yeah, how many people would do that? And that, that's would, just absolutely my personal choice. Yeah. Um, you don't have like a straggler to like who's like, oh, I don't fancy doing this today, or I yeah, don't want to do this. Yeah, today. and, and it's do. not just that. Like, obviously. I've been to like tidy weekenders with Ray and all, all other people and that, but yeah. that's different. Yeah. They, they're there for the same reason you're there. Yeah. There's never going to be an argument over who we're going to go and see at one o'clock because we're fucking going anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean. understand that. So would you say you are a more introverted person? Probably, yeah, yeah. Uh, to answer my pers- my my question, I would say I'm, I'm the biggest introverted extrovert you could meet, if that makes sense, cause, because I am like, I, I like to people please as well. That's, that's my downfall. Yeah. If you, like, for instance, like, there's people, the people message on the podcast and I feel fucking guilt I sit there with guilt like yeah. um, I, I haven't messaged back or like I'll do my best to, to do you know it's just little things like that where yeah. I'm like a bit of a people pleaser so that's why I'm, I would be called maybe extroverted yeah it's a good question Josh nice one uh, right I'm asking this question this is fucking grim this mate but four people have asked the, the same question okay. and whenever I, when I put questions out uh, thanks to Carl Hewitt as, for this one as well um I can answer. You don't need to answer this if you don't want to. If four uh, people have asked it. It's going to be a fucking super question. It is. It? It's the most generic question I've ever, and it's always written. It's it must be a copy and paste job because it's it's always written the exact same way. So, if you had one inch in your mum and one inch in your dad, would you move forward or move uh, one inch in your mum and then uh, your dad had one inch in you? Would you move forward or back? I'll keep it nice and simple for you, mate. I'd move one inch back because there's a bro code between your partners. <laughs> that, that, that. Yeah. I've I sat and thought about it because I thought. People are just going to carry on asking this question if I do it. This is, this yeah. is literally the fourth time it's been asked. Yeah. Um, so thanks, Carl Hewitt, for the question. And if you want to answer it, it's simply that. You would never be able to look at your mum the same in the same way. Um, I'm just trying to be as honest as I can. Um, and me and my dad, we just never talk about it again. It's just one of them things. It's yeah. like it happened and that's it. <laughs> so so to, to Carl Hewitt and the other three people who've asked that question, get a fucking life. <laughs> think of a better question, you know what I mean, instead of... No, I think it's a, it's a, it's a interesting... It must be the most generic um, 
weird question to ask on a podcast because I just think it's, it's funny how really. it must be off a web page or something. Yeah. Because um, I've heard the lads in work ask that question and like, yeah, grow up. <laughs> basically. <laughs> at least, yeah, yeah I give you an answer though, didn't I? Yeah, at I mean? least they give you an answer. There's my answer. Fucking grow up. <laughs> think of a better question. Um, and last question for from the questions today is: Did you shoot yourself in America? And that's from Cocky UK. Uh, a little bit, yeah, I did. So there's an ongoing thing because whenever I go somewhere new, I shoot myself. Uh, we've covered this in so many podcasts. Yeah, um, it's not even because of air or like that. It's just I don't know what it is. Maybe climate um, or something. Um, I got um, went to the Disney parks. We'll sort of fucking talk about this scene as over here now. Yeah, yeah. Um, went to the Disney parks and there was a, we got an email sent out saying there's like a neurovirus thing going around. I got it. Yeah, um, my little lad got it. And everyone else, you know, our mates and that never got it. Yeah. So we were out of action for a day and I fucking shouted one morning and I was like, oh, fuck's sake, man. Yeah. And then that's, that's how it is. It's just <laughs> natural not to be embarrassed <laughs> so, about, you know So, what I cocky, mean? I, did, I did shoot myself. That, uh, there's your answer. Yeah. But now we're on to the, this. Uh, you were off the pod, you said about uh, your love for Star Wars and you said about if you, had, you could do one thing, you want to go Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you're a Star Wars fan, what have you always fucking wanted to do? You've just always wanted to walk around that world, what? Yeah. George Lucas created them there. Now yeah. Disney have done that. Uh, sort of, they've done it to rival Harry Potter, really, haven't they? Yeah. You think about it, what, what have Harry Potter fans wanted to do? They've wanted to walk down that road and buy a fucking wand. I don't know, I've never seen yeah. Harry Potter. Can't name you the road or anything. <laughs> Diagon Alley. That's it, yeah. <laughs> I think... Um, Disney capitalised on that. Yeah. And, pff, I, I'm not joking, mate. I'll be honest with you. I was expecting a bit of a... I was going to say a shit show, but like... Yeah. Disney tend to ruin things, um, yeah, in my yeah. opinion. But I went there and I was expecting like plastic... Like, see, say when you go to, like, Tantooine and it's, like... Yeah, it's, yeah. You'd expect, like, plastic rocks. This was, like, authentic. Like, it looked real. It looked yeah, like you were there. That's a, that's the reason I want to go. And yeah. it's not just that. I, I went to Florida when I was 10. I'm now yeah. 37. I've wanted to go back Since. for 27 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, Slightly different back then, eh? Yeah, 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 it was. I always say this to people. When I went, um, I went to Universal Studios... And you could look at a hoarding with a hole saying, Coming soon, Islands of Adventure. Islands of Adventure wasn't even yeah. built. It was flat ground. They bought <laughs> the land and there was fuck all there. Yeah. I was like, oh, I need to come back and see what this new park's about. Unreal, mate. Be. They've just done a new um, a new ride. Is it the Velocicoaster? Yeah, fuck. that looks good. Hey, I, I, like, I'm not a, a roller coaster person. I don't like roller coasters. Yeah. It's not the fact... I'm scared. I go on every roller coaster yeah. if you want me to. Like I, I did go on every roller coaster while I was there several times, but I don't get the thrill of being safe. Yeah, that yeah, sound yeah. Confused. Like no, so, I, I get you. Yeah. So do you know a bungee jump? A bungee yeah, jump for not me, a, not a fucking chance. Yeah, no. But for me, <laughs> yeah. if you're if, if if you're chasing the roller coaster thrill, yeah, do that. Do, yeah. That might sound a bit fucking backwards, but. You go on a roller coaster for the, the thrill of danger. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? If you're chasing yeah, the thrill yeah. and you see these people and you always feel, I feel ultra safe. So, um, I'm trying to think what was there. Um, there was, uh, oh, my mind's gone blank now. Uh, there's, there was like, um, a Hulk roller coaster. Stuff yeah, like that. yeah. So, but you're always like dead safe and, and you are going fast and there is like a, a thing to it, but I could sit there and just not enjoy it. Yeah. And that's why I don't like roller coasters. Yeah. yeah. I went on this Velocicoaster coaster yeah. and I was like, this is what I'm looking for. This is me yeah, finding the hard yeah. style of fucking... Yeah, everything. yeah, I got on it, and the only strap you in 
like it's like a, a waist I've thing. I've been on one that does that, yeah. In a... But the thing is, it doesn't go all the way down. It's yeah. like it leaves a few inches. So when you get the air time, it's like you're floating. <laughs> you go upside down, you come yeah. out the seat, and you just there's nothing holding you in. I'm yeah. like, that's what I'm chasing. Yeah. I mean, I've been on one <laughs> similar in, in Port Aventura yeah. in Spain, just outside Barcelona. It, that doesn't go upside down, but yeah. it hits some loops. Yeah. And when you hit. It's all right then, isn't it? I like that there. I've been yeah, there yeah, I've been there, there twice, yeah. yeah. Can't uh, remember what it was called. The big fucking white one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just sits Probably. in your lap. So when you go over the bump, it, you yeah. get the air time. Like, well, the f- little Spanish fella next to me, I thought he went into cardiac arrest. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Class. But yeah, so so you were saying about Star Wars and that. Is there one thing you want to see when while you're there? Just the whole thing. Whole thing. Um, I want to go on the rides. Obviously, I've watched these YouTube videos of the the ride experience, the yeah. POV, and that. Yeah. I just want to experience it. It would be the same. Like I love the Dark Knight films. You know what yeah. I mean? If they, if they built somewhere where they could go and walk around Wayne Manor, it would just be the, the the same thing. Well, it can't yeah. really. It's in Nottingham, isn't it? Yeah. But um, the, the, that that's it. I just want to go and experience it. It's, right. Because. There was two moments for me where I thought, wow, this is fucking, this is good. Yeah. And it was standing, do you know, on uh, um, A New Hope where they meet Han Solo? Yeah. And you come out and he's like, this is the Falcon. Yeah, they yeah. built that there. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and it's larger than life. It's like so big that you, I thought it was just going to be like, do you know when people say they go and see um, the Statue of Liberty in America? Yeah, and they yeah. get there and it's much smaller than the yeah. thing. I got there and I was like, this is fucking huge. This, this is, And yeah. it was just like set out like that area. I was like, wow. Yeah. And then, as well, you go on the ride. Uh, I'm so bad with the names. The ride the resistance. The ride, yeah, right. Yeah. So you go there, and do you know that the hangar where they escape from on, well, on most of them, to be honest with you, it's in the Death Star. And, yeah. And it's like all black, reflective. So yeah, yeah. You go in there, and there's just hundreds of uh, stormtroopers like marching. And yeah, I've seen it. Honestly. The, um, and it's like open to space, the yeah. space hangar, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I've it's seen that. So fucking good. Like, and like, there's, there's people dressed up in the costumes yeah. and then they'll uh so you get like the the i don't know what they're called not sergeants but the the first order aren't they first order yeah. what they generals generals, generals yeah. yeah so yeah, the yeah. generals are there with the pointy hats and stuff like that and they're they're like calling you they call your names not on your head it's quite, yeah. quite to the proper staying character yeah. but then there's like if you're walking slowly there's a stormtroopers like with the blasters and the, the egg in your own like yeah, move along yeah. move yeah, along yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's class that's, that's part of the experience that's yeah. what i want to experience and as i said about like me love for them three batman films when i went yeah. to new york that's what it was like it was like i was walking around gotham city really is that what it's like yeah yeah have so, you ever been to new york no well i want to go that's i've been twice and i'm going again in two years when i'm 40 because yeah. it, it's like i'd live there i'd pick the tune gum off the floor for a job there you know what i mean yeah. it's just somewhere for the whole of my life where i've always admired them that mm. um, just everything about it the yellow taxis the skyscrapers the yeah. smells the people yeah see see for me when i when i uh, always imagined america as a kid i've touched on this before on the podcast as well i always imagined i always imagined it as new york like that busy yeah. skyscrapers yeah, yeah. a bit rough around the edges and yeah. everything there like like as you want them diners and shit like that i'm like I need to go and I, and I want to go and when we originally planned the trip it was to go to somewhere like that but yeah. then obviously my mates were like oh we'll go Florida, we'll go Florida, we'll yeah. Florida. no worries. <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah, go to New York, definitely, Yeah, definitely recommend it. Um, as I say, there's so much I want to see there as well, like, as, as I say. And it's better than you think, yeah. as I said, when I got there I was like, <laughs> and 
I had jet lag, so I woke up at like four thirty in the morning. I yeah. just went out for a walk at four thirty yeah. in the morning. Everything's that McDonald's is open. You yeah, know. it's la- larger than life, sort of oh, yeah. surreal experience. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And like you go and look at the Empire State Building, you're like, fuck. It. And yeah, that's what I was like. And when I go again for the third time, I'll probably still be like, that. <laughs> excellent, mate. Uh, we're just gonna sort of tie today up, if that's all right. That's fine by me, lad. Really um, enjoyed this. Did uh, you? I've, as I said. Speaking to you, I've wanted to do this for a while. I don't, I don't really care if anyone watches it. Well, I do for your sake, but yeah. um, I'm 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 nobody really. Yeah. I just think I've got a good story to tell. Yeah. Um, probably missed a few bits. Probably forget, remember them tomorrow and that. As um, I said, that's always the case, mate. I I've don't just know wa- I've watched a few of your ones. Really enjoyed the one with Finchie and Anna thought yeah. Well, maybe one day you might ask me, and you did. Yeah, yeah. I As I say, I, I am always up for getting return guests on, so there's no doubt in in time. Yeah, I'm yeah. Back down here, and might even get a double up episode or yeah, you know with, I mean? with, with somebody else where yeah. we could bounce things off each other. Yeah, I yeah. think Ian would be a good one for you. Yeah, um, I might get in get contact him. with Ian and see what the crack is. Actually, I've never bothered him about it yet. Yeah, um, I think he'd be a really good one, and I'm not being big headed. I don't even have to be on the camera. I could be over there because. I could remember some things he wants and say, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, you know, I think yeah. he'd be a good one for you, especially with them getting to number two in the charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if it wasn't for fucking Blue Cancel, they would have got to number one. <laughs> <laughs> Class, uh, yeah, I think it would be a good episode. Yeah. So before we tie today up, it's what I do with everybody. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get the electric chair. Um, okay, what's that? Um, <laughs> so, for instance, we'll say you're in fucking New York yeah. because there's, I've still got an electric chair over there. I don't know. Probably, yeah. The you're you're getting put crazy. on death row yeah. because you fucking you broke a rule in which you didn't even know existed because Americans are fucking mental. Yeah. Right. And you you you're allowed. You're granted one last meal. You can have a star <laughs> main dessert. Um, so, salt and pepper soup, my oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Forget it. Go on. What so what what for a starter? Well, you can have if you can have a starter, dessert, uh, main and dessert, and a drink. Um, but you don't need to have all three. If you drink to... cherry coke, right, lo- cherry coke. Lo- love cherry coke for yeah. years. Um, probably like a, a steak and chips or something with peppercorn sauce, like right. a New York steak. Right. Don't really do starters. I'd rather just have a big fat scram. Right. What about uh, what about dessert? You getting a dessert? Anything ice cream. Anything ice cream. <laughs> Baskin Robbins. Did you go there when you were in America? Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, class. <laughs> uh, what was your favourite place to eat there before we go? We haven't got enough time. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you try Olive Garden? No. Oh, Olive Garden's the best food I've ever had in my life. I went life. to Jersey. When I was in New York, I went to Jersey Mike's, which is like a Philly cheesesteak subway type place. Oh, class. Unbelievable. Unreal. And they do like a six foot long. <laughs> for like a dinner you know where they cut yeah. it up into smaller pieces oh yeah yeah I've seen them they look class I thought you meant for one person I was no like, no I didn't know I'd, I was I'd around. probably give it a good go with me pot smoking days but not anymore <laughs> yeah uh, so where can people find you I know you don't really push yourself and uh, yeah yeah no, that, I, I'm not really interested if no, no disrespect if anyone wants to find me or if they don't but uh, my Instagram's woodsygram yeah um I don't even know what my SoundCloud or Mixcloud is. You'll be able to find him on, on um, SoundCloud. There's there's a few mixes out there. Just search DJ Woods. You'll you'll know what you're looking sort for. Sort of come right? up, yeah. Yeah, there's, you've got a few mixes on there, like Make Some Noise mixes. Of all yeah, mix. I really enjoyed doing them Make Some Noise ones. Yeah. Yeah. It was a chance to put a load of music on there, but nobody else would know. Yeah. Um, and that's what me and Rob always saw the light, you know. Yeah. Obviously, people were getting drip-fed. No disrespect to Lee Butler, but the people, even myself, were just getting drip fed every Friday night while he was playing. Yeah. And then 
obviously it opened a whole new world to all the European stuff, your bushwankers, your club heads, yeah. uh, all the Mobis releases and that, but I need another piss, so I'm going to have to do <laughs> No worries, so what we'll do is just tie today up, I yeah. just want to say one thing before we go, uh, if you're enjoying this ride, why don't you check out the Patreon, because we're going to be doing uh, Patreon exclusives, the The studio is nearly built that we're in, uh, that, that I'm doing, um, it's going to look amazing when it's done, uh, you can sign up now at patreon.com forward slash it's time to refresh, it's only three quid a month, um, and for that you support on the podcast and you get... Um, every track I put out, it goes on there first. Don't tell anyone though. Um, also, I got asked on the previous episodes about the jumpers. The jumpers aren't for sale yet, but they will be at some point. I'll have t-shirts and jumpers. Uh, just want to say a nice one for coming on, mate. Uh, Anytime. I appreciate it. Anytime. Absolutely. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, then share it. Uh, let Woodsy know as well. Follow him on Instagram, all that shit. Thanks for watching. I'll see you again soon.